0: It's the 49th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race.
1: It's such an amazing
2: thing to see all these people just running down the street all at the same time. 60,000 runners.
0: Running releases a lot of endorphins. It's euphoric.
2: 3,500 volunteers. And it's just fun high-fiving all the people when they run by. 6.2 miles. I'm not too concerned about being the first in. I just don't want to be the last one. All on the 4th of July.
3: I'm there every year.
2: Let's get you ready. This is the Peachtree Podcast.
3: The official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race.
2: This is it,
0: the final episode of this year's Peachtree Podcast. Here with Jay Holder this week. I'm Jennifer Perry. And I was just thinking before we started the show today, Jay, how many guests we've had in the last six weeks? And I know a lot of people are just finding out about the podcast right now. So you have a lot to listen to in the next week and a half of training runs.
3: Yeah, you got 10 days left until the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So go through... The last six episodes, listen to the last two winners, and Tilly, Moe, and Leonard Career. Listen to our friends from Mizuno talking about the great products they have this year at the Expo. Listen to Bill Thorne, who's run every single AJC Peachtree Road Race. Listen to Sarah Hall, a mom of four, who's going to be running in our elite field this year. It's just, It's been so much fun. And that's just, what, 10 to 15 of the 60,000 people who are going to be running this race. So take that number and think just how many other great stories there are of people who are running this race every year. We could do this every year for decades.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because actually over the last almost five decades now, millions of people have crossed that finish line and earned that t-shirt. And a little bit later on today's episode, we're going to talk to Rich Kanaugh, your executive director at Atlanta Track Club, the man who runs this race, about the plans for the 50th.
3: Yeah. Every year after the peach tree, we dive right into planning the next peach tree. And this year, that's different in the sense that we're already planning this next Peachtree here at Atlanta Track Club. Not often are we overlapping, but with the 50th, it's going to be such a celebration, not just an Atlanta Track Club celebration, but a citywide celebration and a celebration for the whole running and walking community, because this is one of those landmark races that's on everyone's list. So planning underway for the 50th AJC Peachtree Road Race on July 4th, 2019, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we can expect. Uh, Not a whole lot of details to roll out yet, but you're going to learn a little bit more about how that celebration is going to unfold fold
0: He'll also have some last minute tips here for those of you who will be lining up this July 4th as well. And we're also going to talk to another member of the elite field this year, Chris Derrick. And we talked to him a few days ago, Jay. A piece of his advice actually has stayed with me through this week's training runs about just how to get through when times get tough. So I hope our listeners pick up on that today.
3: Yeah. Chris Derrick has experience of running everything from the track to cross country to the half marathon where he's the U.S. champion this year. And a lot of what he says and a lot of what a lot of of our elite runners that we talk to say relates to everybody who's running and walking. Mm -hmm. We all go through the same thoughts. We all go through the same chapters in our races. They go through it a little bit faster than we do but it's happening in their heads too and so Chris has some great perspective on what it's like to be up in front of the AJC Peachtree Road Race and then sort of realized how demanding the course is. But he's back this year for a second time and he really does look to be a contender.
0: And we have another Chris on the show today as well. One who's going to talk to us about the Expo and that runs for two days right before the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And a lot of work goes into that too.
3: Yeah. it's. I mean, that's an event in itself. It's 40,000 people over two days at the Georgia World Congress Center. And, and that's another thing that starts getting planned a year out. So we're really close to opening the doors on the Peachtree. Tree Health and Fitness Expo on July 2nd. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, if you've been to a road race expo, you kind of know what to expect. But with the Peachtree Expo, it's, it's different. It has more of a party feel to it. So we're going to talk about some of the things you'll see there.
0: And obviously, it wouldn't be the AJC Peachtree Road Race without the t shirt.
3: Yeah, one of the cool things about being on the marketing team at Atlanta Track Club is we are really involved in picking the t-shirt winner so we don't actually choose the winner but we're involved in collecting all the submissions and then boiling it down to five finalists and then we're privileged to know and we're not going to tell you today who the winner is because we have to get that shirt to print and that design put on 60,000 shirts to be picked up on July 4th and joining us now is Lee Moyer, the senior manager for brand and creative for Atlanta Track Club and she's really in charge of the t-shirt contest. Lee, walk us through how this starts.
1: So we actually start in the fall with asking for submissions, working with local colleges, past participants to submit their art. And that process goes through mid-February. The deadline is about mid-February, right before the lottery opens up. We collect all the submissions. We assemble a panel of judges. We have board members, participants, volunteers. We usually get a past winner in here, which is great from their perspective. We bring them all in. We kind of battle it out for our favorites, narrow it down to five finalists and then one alternate, and then it goes to the public.
0: And when did the uh, public start to be able to weigh in on this design? Because I understand there was a specific reason, a specific shirt that kind of prompted this whole thing. So
1: after the 25th, there was a t-shirt that was not very popular with the public.
3: I think that's an understatement.
1: Um, yeah, it, not so popular in that they threw it on the front yard of our old office. Oh, wow. Um, it was about as big as riot as we've ever seen here, um, which we took and we made it a public contest. That way the public and the runners got to choose their t-shirt and it was kind of out of our hands.
0: But I love that you involve different designers now. Do they all tend to be professional designers or are they just members of the general public, people who love this race? I think as we've seen the contest
1: grow, it's really grown into more of that professional graphic designer. Mm -hmm. We love when they actually are running the race. For the past two years, they've actually not been runners. They've just loved the contest, love Atlanta, um, and wanted to get involved.
3: And the the contest is, it's not just submitted design. There are some parameters. There are some rules you have to follow.
1: There are. We decided to limit it down to four spot colors.
3: And you can't hand draw it. It has to be a computer file now. And that is a change from how this started, right?
1: Yes, it does have to be made on computer software, design software, which I think is why we're seeing more professional graphic designers get involved, because it does require a little bit more of technical
3: skill. And more importantly, it has to be your art.
1: It does. It does. It can't be ripped off the internet. It can't be clip art. It has to be original art that you actually designed.
0: Internally, then, what do you look for as you try to narrow down the choices for us?
1: Uh, We usually look for variety. We try to give the public very different choices. We look for patriotism. Obviously, it's July 4th. We look for things that celebrate Atlanta, things that celebrate the race and what it stands for, and try to give everybody... Just a little variety when they're choosing.
3: It's such a big secret who the winner's going to be. Have you ever let it slip to like a family member? or?
1: (laughs) I once, so we get samples of the shirts. Um, Mizuno has them printed and they send us print proofs. And once it was in the trunk of my car, because I was taking it somewhere, and my husband opened up the trunk and he saw the shirt and I yelled, and I pushed him out of the way, and I slammed my trunk as quickly as possible. And he had no idea why I didn't scream, that's the peach tree shirt, because the color is also a huge surprise. Right. So you don't want to reveal the color. You don't want to reveal the art. You don't want to reveal who it was. And I think it's even kind of a big mystery in the office. Some of the old-time people that have worked here don't want to know because they don't want that pressure on them from their families to ask them who the winning contest is this <laughs> year.
3: We said this last year on the show, we don't get the shirt.
1: We don't. No staffer wow. um, gets the shirt because we didn't finish the race that's um, right. and that's kind of a, a point of pride. Like the participants, they start, they finish. That's their badge of honor. It's not ours.
3: Yeah, if you see a staffer walking around Atlanta Track Club and a finisher shirt, they either didn't work here during that year uh-huh. or they're breaking the rules. <laughs> but it's generally more the former than the latter.
0: But you have them framed and it's kind of cool to visit Atlanta Track Club's office just for that reason alone. You get to see some of the shirts here. Do you have any favorite designs from over the years?
1: Um, I mean, I'm personally more attached to the last couple of designs because I got to work with the designers, Mm -hmm. I got to work with the art, I got to surprise them on race day and see that raw emotion when they found out they just won the contest. So I tend to like the ones where I got to reveal them. So the past couple years, what does the winner get? The winner gets $1,000, Okay, um, and then the runners up get $250 each.
3: And what is that moment like for you when you see that winner? Let's take Tina Tate, for example, Mm -hmm. who ran the race and won two years ago. Describe the elation that the winners feel when they find out that they won the contest.
1: So Tina, we knew was running. We knew who she was running with, so we kind of set it up for Jason, who was running with Tina, to tell us when she was crossing the finish line. So we had her fresh off just finishing a 10K, which was exciting in itself, to present her with that T-shirt, and she just broke into tears. Um, And it was (laughs) so exciting. She was so happy. She immediately threw it on and just had the biggest smile. And she got to keep that T-shirt because she finished the race. Yeah. Um, And then we had Shay a couple years ago, and I remember she came down with her family, and I surprised her with the T-shirt. Again, more tears. And her mom started laughing and said... You know, she really didn't think she won because she didn't put on waterproof mascara. Um, And sure enough, that mascara was running down her face, and she didn't have a care in the world. She was so excited.
0: (laughs) She told us last season here on the Peachtree Podcast, too, that it's really cool then, after July 4th, you see the shirt everywhere. Right.
1: You drive anywhere in Atlanta. You go to any ball game in Atlanta, even walking around the mall, and you get to see your artwork, which is amazing.
3: That's pretty cool. And Lee knows how that feels because any other shirt with AJC Peachtree Road Race on it, that you see or any Atlanta track club race or campaign is designed by Lee. So it's one of the few shirts that our participants wear that isn't.
0: Okay. So the volunteer t-shirts, actually, we need some more volunteers for this year's race. We'll talk about that in just a second here, Jay, but the volunteer shirts have been really, really cool too. These last few years. Are you behind that? I am. I am behind the volunteer t-shirt.
1: And I take a lot of pride in that because it's, it's kind of their badge of honor. They came out and they volunteered. They're up some at 2 a.m. all night, mm-hmm. out there in the heat, volunteering just out of the goodness of their heart, and I want them to take pride in that t-shirt and love what they're wearing.
0: Well, we all love that prize at the finish there, and we're going to look ahead a little bit later on today's episode with Rich Kanawha to the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Mm-hmm. Do you think there will be even more entries for next year, and how special will that shirt need to be?
1: I would love to have more entries, and I'd love to get more people involved. I think it would be really great to reach out to all the past winners and kind of get them more involved. So I'm I'm really excited to see what we cook up for the 50th.
3: Yeah, and if you want to be in that contest for the 50th running, of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, submissions open in November, so mm-hmm. it's time to start thinking now about what that's going to look like because it comes really quickly. Get started on
0: those designs now, but we look forward to the shirt at the finish line this year of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Any hints for us at all, Lee? Come on, none. Come on. I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> She's Fort Knox over there, guys. But thanks for all you do for Atlanta Track Club, and uh, look forward to getting that shirt at the finish line on the fourth, of course. Clif Bar is one of our great sponsors here on the Peachtree Podcast. As an athlete, you need nutrition for sustained energy. Clif Bar can help. Clif Bars taste great and are made with a nutritious blend of organic rolled oats and wholesome ingredients to keep you feeling and performing your best. Whether an hour at the gym or all day on course, Clif Bar helps you feed your adventure. Stop by the Clif Bar booth at the Expo and try the new Sweet and Salty. Jay, I think most runners have been to quite a few race expos over the years, but I make it a point not to miss this one because it's so much more than just picking up your race number every year at the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Tell us about our next guest here on the podcast.
3: Yeah, the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo is is not your everyday expo. If you've been to another race expo, throw your expectations out. This two day celebration is such a key part of everything that is the AJC Peachtree Road Race week of celebrations and the man who puts it all together with some help, but he's in charge. It's Chris Dirks, and he's here uh, joining us on the podcast today. And Chris, I know this is a busy time, so thanks for taking 10 minutes to talk to us.
4: Oh, no problem, Jay. Yeah, first of all, we have a fairly large crew that puts together the Petri Health and Fitness Expo. I want to give a shout out to Holly Ortland, who really manages all the vendors. We have over 100 vendors showing up every year, so they really bring a lot of great products and great prices and just a great opportunity to shop for all of your running needs. So that's one quick shout out to Holly there.
0: Thanks, Holly. And we appreciate the samples too. There's always a sample of just about anything you would need as a runner.
4: <laughs> Definitely. You have to check out Cliff Bar. You know, they have a great presence there. We have lots of other vendors that are giving out samples. My favorite is always the beef jerky from the Georgia Beef Board. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't kind of miss that one because it's pretty tasty. But yeah, lots of stuff. You know, we've got Noon who's gonna be there, we've got Coca-Cola who's gonna be there so you really just have to get there and sample as much as you can but not too much because you have to race in a couple of days yes
0: think that through but it's always a lot of fun a lot of great vendors and this year again it's at the Georgia World Congress Center is that right?
4: correct so we'll be at the same hall that we were last year Hall C Georgia World Congress Center best parking is going to be in the gold lot which is probably about a quarter-mile walk from the entrance of where we're going to be. So you can just walk on down, or you can take Marta. I think Vine Station is the closest station that you can get to. So it's pretty accessible, Uh, so just come on in when you can. And you can bring all your friends. There's lots to do for not just you to pick up your number, but you can bring your spouse along to shop. You can also bring your kids. We have the Blue Cross... Blue Shield Family Fitness Zone, which has a whole bunch of activities for all the kids to come and just run around and have a good time while you sample and get your number. You guys essentially set up a small city in Hall C1 of the Georgia
3: World Congress Center. When does that work really begin? I know it's well before July 1st.
4: Well, it's usually July 5th in the following year (laughs) because we have to, first of all, secure the space. You know, it's over 100,000 square feet and then we have to start planning on who those vendors are going to be and what the layout is. We really do a quick look at how successful we were the prior year and see what we can change. And we always take all the feedback that the runners give us pretty seriously. So we've started, you know, basically a year ago. And, you know, by the time we get to July 2nd, you know, we have everything loaded in. We have our vendors loaded in. But prior to that, we're, we're busy working probably for the last three months. Really pulling all the the details together to make sure it's exciting and and we have great signage and, and people can figure out where to go and find the vendors they like.
0: There's shopping. There are samples. There's so much to see and do. But the most important part is picking up that race number. I know I got my email confirmation this week. What do you need to bring with you when you're picking up that information? Well,
4: really, the only thing is you can have your phone and have your race confirmation on that phone. You could print it out when you when you're at home if it's easier for you, and bring that. You know, uh, the first thing you're gonna do is when you walk through the big doors into Hall C you'll see all of the bib counters so make sure you go to the right bib counter grab a bag because you want, you're going to want to get your samples and, and your goodies as you go through but grab a bag and make sure you get the Peachtree magazine you know it's it's a great magazine that Atlanta Track Club puts together great information about the different people who are going to be there, different stories it's, it's really a great little extra that you get for free so they're ready right on top of the counter and make sure you grab it and once you get your number the pressure is off you know at that point you have your number and you'll you'll just kind of walk down the street which is literally a carpet that looks like a street, and you'll head into the Mizuno Track Club booth, and we'll be there with some great Peachtree Road Race gear. We have a bunch of nutrition, we've got gooder sunglasses, and we've got the Peachtree Wave Knit Rider, which is kind of the, the shoe that was designed essentially for this race. So a lot of good stuff there, and then once you kind of get through the Mizuno zone, you're basically into the main part of the, uh, into the expo, and then you just kind of wander through the street. One thing you do need, you do need your
3: ID to pick oh, up your race Oh, sorry number. about that, so yes, just ID. That. Not a lot to remember, but race confirmation and ID to make sure you get your race number. All of that setup, days of setup, months of work, and it's done when it's over.
4: At 6 o'clock on July 3rd, you guys are gone by... Hopefully by 8 o'clock. You know, we we basically take that whole year's worth of work and try to break out of there probably in an hour, hour and a half because me personally, I have to get up at 2 a.m. the next morning for the next part of my job, which is kind of race day. So we're trying to get out and, you know, get everybody refreshed and ready to go. And there are a lot of people that are actually working at that expo that run the next day. So people from Mizuno and people from Coca-Cola and all of our other partners you know, are racing. So they're trying to get out there as well so they can get some dinner and relax and get their feet up
0: seems like there's something new and a little bit different every year i I remember last year was the treadmill challenge and it was kind of fun to watch that at the end of the expo there but uh, anything new and different this year uh
4: not so much new i think the the big thing is the expo has gotten so popular that we've had a lot of new vendors this year you know so we have a couple of bigger vendors coming in that are going to be selling some great running merchandise you know big peach has their booth there First to the finish line is another apparel kind of company that's going to be there with uh, great shoes and stuff like that. So lots of new vendors, you know, because it's, it's become more popular. So once again, I think we're doing another study with Dr. Kim, who is our medical director. And I think he'll be outside of the Peachtree Expo for, I think it's another cardiology study that he's doing out there.
3: Did, did I not tell you we're doing the 48-hour treadmill challenge again?
4: You didn't tell me oh, that. Well, you should yeah, me. No. we should probably tell that We should probably discuss. I didn't know about that. We didn't load any treadmills,
3: so I think we're in trouble right now. Yeah, Dr. Kim is doing a study on the hearts of middle-aged male distance runners. So looking oh. at the long-term effects of distance running and endurance athletes on the heart. So uh, I think he'll be collecting some information there. It's, it's going to be a really interesting study once he gets all the findings done. And of course, 11 Alive there, our broadcast partner, they'll be doing, uh, I think you can get in front of the green screen and pretend to be a meteorologist. Everybody nice. always yep. likes hey. that. Yep. <laughs> so I'm excited.
0: It's not your average race expo. And uh, Chris, I guess we better let you get back to planning it.
3: <laughs>
4: Great. I got to go pack a truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the Peachtree Podcast.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Peace Tree Podcast brought to you by Delta. With Delta, fly towards something better with the help of 80,000 employees who do everything they can to help you explore what's possible. Your next opportunity is a flight away with service to the most destinations, nonstop from Atlanta. Delta is the official airline of the AJC Peace Road Race. Delta, keep climbing.
0: Jay, it's been great to hear from a lot of our elite field on the Peachtree podcast this year. I learned something new every single week. So let's see what we can learn today from our next guest here on the show.
3: Yes, he made his Peachtree debut last year and looked real strong running the uh, 10K on the roads. Coming off uh, some great success at the U.S. Half Marathon Championships. Joining us from Portland today is Chris Derrick. Chris, thanks for being on the podcast. Happy to be here. Your Peachtree debut, you led a good portion of the race, took it out hard. You weren't there for the final kick at the end, but I, I feel like you learned a lot about the course.
5: I did, yeah. I, coming into Peachtree last year, I was coming off of the US Champs on the track, and that had been kind of a a slow, meandering race that I hadn't really taken control of, and it, it came down to a finish, and I wasn't really happy with how that had played out. It came down to a fast finish. And I coming into Peachtree, I, I just kind of wanted to show my fitness a little bit, and I it got out a little hard in the first couple miles, and um, I definitely got quite warm out there. I mean, I didn't quite have the legs to go with the move um, that those guys made, maybe with about a mile and a half to go, and I ended up in a, in a battle for fourth with, with Bernard Lagat, and I think I just really wanted it a lot more than he did. I mean, he's, he's 42 years old or whatever, and he was probably like, yeah, fourth or fifth doesn't quite matter to me, but it mattered a lot to me. So I left it all out there to, to beat Bernard.
3: Yeah, but anytime you can go back and forth with Bernard Lagat, whether it's a 42-year-old Bernard Lagat or a 30-year-old Bernard Lagat, that seems like it's a good day.
5: Yeah, he uh, he's a bit of an ageless wonder in that regard. Um, he's not so different from when he was 32 years old. He's a very impressive athlete.
3: How
0: much attention do you pay to your competition and what they're doing, especially when you're not racing against them? Do you guys keep up with each other?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I try to be aware of the field and – what their strengths are and where they're at in terms of their fitness. um, It can be dangerous to know too much because obviously each each day is a different day and you don't want to think, oh, well, this guy's gonna beat me because he's hot right now. You gotta give yourself a chance mentally. But I think it's always good to have an idea of, particularly just the racing styles, how someone generally approaches a race. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that that gives you a lot of information tactically and how you wanna position yourself and play to your own strengths.
3: Yeah, and it's been a good 2018 for you so far. Most notably, the 2018 U.S. Half Marathon Champs, where you were the winner. I know you had a great marathon last fall. Is that the direction you're starting to move in, the longer distances?
5: Definitely more in the marathon direction. Um, You know, I thought about getting on the track this year, but actually my fitness didn't really start coming around until after that half marathon race. You know, I had done some okay workouts, but I kind of had a little injury here, a little sickness there, just the stuff that kind of keeps you from really being in a groove and getting over the hump. But I feel really good about where I've been since then, um, in the four or five weeks since then has been my best training of the year. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to run the BAA 10K about 10 days before Peachtree. And I think that'll be a good tune-up and a good indication of my fitness. And I'm, I'm hoping to come into Peachtree having not done any track, but hopefully in, in really good shape. And definitely more from the strength side of things, from the longer distance side of things. But I'm, I'm very pleased with how things have gone uh, since that half marathon and just even though me my fitness wasn't exactly where I wanted in that race. It was a great confidence booster to, to dig deep and just get a win and to know that, you know, no one had done it better than me that day.
3: And so how does taking the track out of your training change your preparation for that 10K road
5: distance? You know, it takes the pressure off a little bit. You know, the track, you definitely need a lot more speed at the finish and the track, every lap is the same. And so the splits matter a lot and you gotta hit the very specific times in all your workouts and the roads with the varying terrain, You can kind of play things a little more by feel. And so I've been enjoying that because I've I've had to do a lot of training by myself because most of my Bowman Track Club teammates are still track guys. And I've just been on a little different schedule. But approaching road racing, it's a little more about feeling the flow of of where your body's at. And and I've really enjoyed that.
0: Well, you mentioned you went out pretty fast on the Peachtree course last year. I think that's a mistake that most of the 60,000 runners actually tend to make, Chris. So how are you going to adjust your strategy for this July 4th?
5: I don't like to go in with too firm of a strategy for me personally I think especially because I do like to run to the front because the kick isn't my strength but if I go in with an idea of oh I have to push the pace really hard then I kind of make it hard for myself and the goal is to make it hard for everyone else and easy for you so you know I'm just going to go into the race and try to get in a good rhythm at the front of the pack and see when it's appropriate to make my move but I I was definitely a little overeager last year and especially with the heat I think it's one of those things where um, you know if it was 15 degrees cooler you can afford to go out a little hard and then recover, but mm-hmm. once your body, you know, heats up, it's hard to bring it back down and recover. So I think i will definitely be trying to stay a little more within myself and leave the fire for the end of the race. Yeah.
3: So you talk about the heat and humidity of July 4th, your training in Portland, your big winds in Pittsburgh, not exactly hot or humid places. How do you prepare for the conditions that you face in July in Atlanta?
5: Uh, I'm not sure I can, but you know, hopefully the race in Boston will be a little humid. Uh, hopefully that'll get me a little bit going and besides that, you know, I can try to just wear a few more layers on my runs here, get in the steam room, get in the sauna a little bit after runs. Uh, but it is definitely, it's a whole new world and there's nothing really that can prepare me for a Georgia summer. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to have to come and, and sweat it out and hopefully be tough for, uh, what I hope is, isn't much more than 28 minutes. Did you get to enjoy
0: Atlanta at all outside the race uh, on your last visit here, Chris, and any plans for this July 4th?
5: Uh, you know, I didn't really get to enjoy it last year. I, I went home pretty quick, but my brother is actually going to be visiting. He lives in Washington, D.C. He's going to be visiting a friend for July 4th, so I'm staying I'm staying the full day for July 4th this time and hopefully get a little barbecue scene in after the race. Um, they did have a delicious you know, these huge boxes of peaches right after, you know, in the little (laughs) athlete hospitality area last time, which I quite enjoyed. Um, But I'm hoping to see a little more of Atlanta this time and um, get a real July 4th experience.
0: Well, we'd love to see you finish strong. And you've been part of so many dramatic finishes too, Chris. Do you enjoy the drama and that sprint to the finish? Because it's fun watching.
5: Uh, It's less fun doing, um, (laughs) I would say. I think it's one of the things that you appreciate after the fact. You know, every race, if you're running them right, is hard. And Mm -hmm all of those hard finishes, sprint finishes, whatever it's there's a big part of you that just wants the race to be over. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I think you got to try to connect with the part of you that recognizes especially as a professional athlete that you know this is what I do in my life. This is what I'm striving for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an opportunity to do something great. And so there's always that battle. I would say that probably the side that is like, "God, we just need to get this over with" is yeah. is probably the strongest, but you got to kind of reach in and find the the positive motivation and appreciate the moment as well.
3: Yeah, I think that's something that everybody can relate to, having to push through the tough parts of the race. What advice do you have for the other 60,000 runners in the AJC Peachtree Road race, or really any race for that matter,
5: about getting through those rough patches? This maybe isn't the most specific of advice in the world, but uh, you got to do it for your reasons, not for anybody else's. So I've got my reasons and uh, they might be similar to someone else's, but Going into the race, I would say, think about what motivates you. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And then the little part of your mind that's going to creep in and say like, oh, no one will know. It's fine. I can just slow down. When that starts to creep in, you got to think about, you know, your own reasons, the things you set out to do when you began the race. And just remember, it's hard for everybody. Even if people around you don't look as tired as you, they probably are. So just try not to fight the pain too much, just live with it and think about the positive elements of why you're doing what you're doing. And uh, hopefully that'll get you through.
0: Great advice for the rest of us there, Chris. And it really kind of shows too what a lot of runners go through, but I'm wondering about your own running story. When did you realize that you love this sport? When did that really start for
5: you? I played basketball and baseball growing up and it didn't really run. And then I I started running the summer before my freshman year of high school. I went to a really big high school in Illinois with 4,000 students so making sports teams was going to be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. I kind of started to get a little bit of love for running that that first summer, but I I wasn't very good. It was, I mean, I ran a 603 mile time trial, which I'm sure a lot of soccer players were better than me at that time, (laughs) but um, what really kind of signed it up for me was, one, the enthusiasm of my coach. I I had a huge team, but he would kind of, he made a point to know everyone and to encourage everyone. We had a a joke that he would tell every kid that they could make varsity next year, but I think he believed it in all of us, and I think That was a huge thing for me to have an adult who really believed in my potential. And then also just my first experiences of really um, doing workouts with a group of guys and really my other coaches call Synergy, just really working together and feeding off of each other and, and helping them feel easy. And that was a really cool experience because running was never easy when I was growing up. And so the first few months of the first little taste of wow, I can feel really I can feel really strong and smooth and, and do this with other people, mm-hmm. that was huge for me. So I think anyone who's getting involved in the sport, it's always better when you're doing it with a great group of people. And um, that's what we have out at the Byron Track Club here in Portland. And it's one of the things that's really motivated me and, and kept me loving the sport all these years later.
3: So as fans of the sport, we're all really glad that you found running when you did, from a great career at Stanford to five U.S. Cross-Country Championships to now the U.S. Half Championship. I was looking at the list of athletes already qualified for the marathon trials today, and you're on there after your Chicago run. Have you thought about 2020 at all, or are you gonna give it a little time to think about that?
5: Uh, Sure, of course, I mean, especially given that we run marathons so seldomly, you know, only once or twice a year everything I'm doing is kind of building up for that. And especially as we pick races and plan out races in the future, I know that probably only going to have about three marathons under my belt before those trials. And so trying to really make sure that I'm I'm learning everything I can along the way. I mean, I've got great teammates like Shalane Flanagan and Amy Craig to kind of show me the way, show me the ropes. Definitely that's the long-term goal. And uh, the training is hopefully building towards that. And hopefully I can get some experience and confidence along the way to to help me in that
3: great well we look forward to seeing you here in 2020 we look forward to definitely seeing you here in a couple of weeks for the ajc peachy road race chris thanks so much for joining us today
5: thank you guys for having me
0: Jay, none of us would get off the starting line if it wasn't for the thousands of volunteers who show up in the wee hours on race day and I understand you do still need a few more people for this year's race.
3: Yeah, it takes 3,500 volunteers to make sure the AJC Peachtree Road race goes off without a hitch and that's everything from getting our numbers ready this week to the expo. There are still a number of positions available for participants so you can participate in the race and also Ah. volunteer. So participants can volunteer to be part of what we call the human chain at the start line that's the you kind of block your start wave from going off too early it's not a dangerous job the people are friendly but that position is available or you can just volunteer in your start wave there are a number of start wave positions available so you know you do a little work at the start line and then you hop right in and take off on your journey to Piedmont Park great positions available in the finish area working with the water handing out the shirt oh okay. that position is available and then crowd control and again people are friendly we're not talking <laughs> about crowd control at Lollapalooza this is the AJCP Street Road Race so these are fun positions and the great thing about the volunteer positions is you get that Mizuno shirt that we talked about with Lee this mm-hmm. design this year is one of my favorites it's a navy blue shirt a uh, lot of red white and blue it's a really cool shirt and that's only available for volunteers you get the Home Depot apron Oh, so that's good bonus can, yeah Home Depot apron um, so if you're interested in volunteering if you can help us out volunteers at atlantatrackclub.org volunteer registration closes on July 3rd. So we're taking them up until the last minute. But if you can help us out, if you want to be involved, if you want to be part of this special day, send us an email. We'd love to see you along the course. Know that PNC Bank
0: supports you before and after the finish line with PNC Virtual Wallet. Get all the details at pnc.com slash virtual wallet. PNC Bank, proud sponsor of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, PNC Bank National Association Member FDIC. Jay, first we have to get through the 49th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, but I know that plans are already underway for next year. Anytime you hit a big milestone like 50, there has to be some special planning involved.
3: Yeah, the peach tree in itself on any given year is something that's a 365 day a year planning cycle, but the 50th anniversary of the peach tree it feels like we started planning for that months ago in the midst of planning for the 49th peachtree so planning for two peachtrees at once it's a little daunting but it is necessary when you're going into a, a, such a milestone event
0: and i was surprised our next guest still has any hair left i mean we're getting closer to july 4th but uh, rich cannot joins us the executive director and race director of the ajc Peachtree road race first of all before we get to 50 here how is the planning leading up to next week?
2: Plan's going well. People ask me all the time, are you ready? And I say, we're not ready, but we will be by you will the morning by the morning of <laughs> the fourth. So, so we're looking forward to it.
0: I wonder if you're thinking even bigger for next year.
2: Of course. You only turn 50 once, right? Yeah. As Jay referenced, we are working in parallel, 49th and 50th. We want to make sure that the fiftieth version of this you know, monumentous, you know, beautiful What Julia Emmons used to call majestic road race is something that will be remembered for a long time.
3: Speaking of Julia Emmons, I know there's a group of people who have really concentrated on coming up with some great ideas to make this race special. Who's involved in that group?
2: So Atlanta Track Club is a not-for-profit, and our board drives a lot of the sort of the big picture governance issues. And within our board, we have committees. So we had decided a long time ago that to do this right, we should convene a 50th committee. So our committee uh, includes both staff and board members and community members who have a perspective that does the event justice across its 50 years.
3: And Julia is, is part of that. So it's great to see her back involved in an event that she became synonymous with over a large number of years.
2: It's true. And it's always fun. Any conversation you have with Julia, but she has 25 plus years of history leading this race. And every conversation that I have, whether I learned something about the race and something about its history. So I'm not sure you could have a 50th uh, committee without Julia involved.
0: And the race has changed so much over the years. Do you think that People like Bill Thorne, who was on this season of the Peachtree Podcast, had any idea that the race would grow to be this size over the years?
2: I would guess no. Uh, I'm not sure anybody in Atlanta knew that it would turn into what it is today. But while Bill is the only one who has completed every Peachtree to date, there are so many families that we hear from uh, who have been involved with the race for decades. And we're looking forward to, to hopefully delivering them something that's really special next year.
3: I know we can't talk specifics just yet, but this is not a celebration that's going to be July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. It's going to be much bigger than that.
2: Uh, That's a good point, Jay. So when we thought about how to celebrate the 50th, we thought five days and 50 days, not enough. So we're talking 50 weeks. So we look forward to mid-July, so right after we get through the 49th, starting to talk about the 50 years of Peachtree. So we're going to launch an initiative in mid-July where every week we tell a story about Peachtree.
3: And that story is from... Historic moments to historic people to just overall themes of the event.
2: Watershed moments, critical people, key sponsors, anything you can think of that has had a significant impact uh, on the race itself and what the race means to the city will be involved in that 50-week story.
0: Jay, where's the best place to get those stories? I know as an Atlanta Track Club member, I get your newsletters. Is that the best place to start?
3: Yeah, we're going to put them online. We'll put them across all of our social platforms, and we'll have a special landing page that we'll roll out when we do the first story in mid-July that all those stories will appear on. Do you think it's going to be extra
0: competitive then to get into next year's race?
2: That's a great question. So it's all anecdotal data to say, hey, what's the demand going to be for the 50th? We already know that there are more people in any given year who want to run the Peachtree than than we can allow just Mm -hmm. because of the limits that we have with the road and the heat of the day. Uh, And we anticipate significantly more next year. Question is how many more? We'll see
0: any chance that you'd expand the group of runners that you already have at 60,000 for next year? There's
2: always a chance, but the only way you're going to guarantee your entry into the AJCPC Road Race is to become a member. And
3: and uh, mem- membership sense. opens on July 1st for okay. new members. Renewals will open in November, and you'll be able to sign up for membership this year at the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo July 2nd and 3rd at the Georgia World Congress Center. Well,
0: we mentioned Bill Thorne is the only one of the original 110 who's managed to keep that streak alive all these years in a uh, special plans for him? Will he get his own t-shirt or something special like that for next year?
2: Well, he certainly deserves something special. We don't want to put too much pressure on him right Right. now. Hey, hey Bill, let's focus on 49. Uh And then after that, we're going to wrap you in some bubble wrap to (laughs) to make sure we get you ready to go there to the start line uh, July 4th next year.
0: But I loved his interview because clearly this guy has a passion for running and it's never stopped. And I think that's the great thing about this race, Rich, if you're looking at the tradition and the history of this race. It's how I got into running. It's how so many people in this community really started their love of running.
2: And that's what we say every day. And, th- and this is sort of the, the entryway into the running and walking community. And it's our mission. It's our vision to impact health and wellness through running and walking. So uh, if you've never done an event, never done a road race, never done a 10K, I I'd highly recommend the Petri being a great way to start because once you get bitten by that bug, you're going to keep coming back for some more
0: it's important to note too that uh, in addition to obviously this race on July 4th, you guys have races going on. It seems year round now.
2: We do. We do have uh, roughly 40 events annually. So, you know, we talked about working on the 49th and the 50th at the same time. We have uh, one of our Grand Prix events. Actually, it's an older event than the Peachtree, Decatur, Decab, just uh, mid-July. So as soon as we finish unpacking from Peachtree, we're already packing up for our next event.
0: I'm trying to sign up for the Triple Peach this week, keeping myself accountable. That's a big deal, too. I know a lot of runners have really gotten into that over the last several years.
2: Yeah. So the Triple Peach is a way for us to almost give people a roadmap. So you come out of Peachtree and you're excited and you want to do more and you of so you're riding that emotional high. So we give you an opportunity to tie three events together, or the PNC Atlanta 10-miler followed by the Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon. So to have those specific goals on specific dates, to ladder up, to go from a 10K to a 10 to half marathon it's a lot of fun and keeps you
0: accountable as a runner too with that training especially in those hot summer months after july 4th but First, we do have to get through the 6.2 mile trek. Any last minute advice for us this
2: week, Rich? Uh, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. <laughs> uh, make sure you get to the start line with enough time to check out our video board where you can watch those leaders come across the line at the finish in Piedmont Park. And I will throw one bit of operational information out there. So with 2018, security is a big focus for us mm-hmm. and it has been for a long time. Uh, we're going to be working very hard to keep any extra bags from the start line and the finish area. So if you are coming to meet a loved one in Piedmont Park, you're going to have an easier time getting into the park if you leave your bags at home because we do have a screening area there. And then if you are a participant and you'd like to carry something with you, make sure you have a small little fanny pack because any bag that's large enough to fit over your shoulders, any sack pack or anything along those lines are not allowed. And you'll be required to bring them back to your car or, quite frankly, to throw them out.
3: And worth noting, we said it on the first episode, but any change to a 49-year-old tradition is worth repeating. Start times earlier this year. Yeah,
2: that's a very good point. So if you're in Wave A and you've always been ready to go at 730, you're going to be disappointed when you get to the start line this year. So our first participants go off at 625, and those are our wheelchair athletes, followed by our elite women at 650, that's 650, and then 7 a.m. is at Wave A start. And so you'll be down to the finish line earlier, back home, showered, and ready for your barbecue and fireworks earlier than before.
0: And where will you be stationed on race day?
2: So my July 3rd ends uh, in the same place that July 4th begins and that's at the start line. So I'll I'll be at the start line until the last uh, participant crosses there and then I'll, I'll boogie on down to the finish line and watch everyone come across.
0: Rich Kanaw, executive director of Atlanta Track Club and the race director for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast and good luck over this next week and a half. Thank you. Another season of the Peachtree Podcast is in the books and uh, a lot of people were going to be hitting the streets uh, this week, Jay, for those final training runs.
3: But what does this last week look like for you? Whew. uh, it's, it's both too long and too short at the same time, if uh-huh. that makes sense. Uh, we're 10 days away. So it's just buttoning everything up. I mean, the planning for this race is so expansive and it starts so early that by this point, we're really there. It's just making sure all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed. It's going to be some long nights and some early mornings, but um, that's the fun part about it all It's that you're just running on adrenaline and by race day, you're just really excited to see it all come together. So, uh, we'll be getting the last finishing touches put on the expo on my side, I'm on the. Meet- Media marketing side so it's a lot of interviews it's a lot of planning the press conference uh, and then getting that media compound ready on race day where all the reporters gather to tell some of the really great stories of the race What's that like at the finish line
0: there? Because that's a perspective most of us who are running this race will not have seeing those winners come across.
3: What's that moment like? It's really neat. You might have gathered if you're listening to this podcast that I'm a bit of a running geek. So I love the elite side of the race. And it's always fun to see who that person's going to be because we're standing out there at the finish line. We have radio communication, so we know who's in the lead, but we haven't really seen the race unfold. So when they come over to that crest of the hill, it's really neat to say, oh, it's so-and-so. Last year it was Lenny and and Sam and Shadrach and and Alafine and so you really don't know until that moment so that's really exciting and then just that that feeling of elation that lee talked about the t-shirt winners having obviously the overall winners have it too and it's really cool spending those moments with them as they bask in their victory for the first time
0: and i always love taking the time then at the end of the race to just enjoy the finish and enjoy being around all of these people who've made this race such
3: a tradition. Yeah, it's a party. It's a party in Piedmont Park. And uh, and this year, it'll be a little bit cooler because it'll be a little bit earlier. But uh, that's one of the great parts about it. And, and one of the great parts about working it is once people start coming across the finish line, it's really just, I mean, you've got to maintain order uh, and you got to make sure everything's going smoothly, but there's not a whole lot to do other than walk around and take it all in. So our perspective isn't that much different than the finisher's perspective at that point. And that is, it is really cool to see everything going on in the meadow and people posing with their shirts finding their family and friends and reuniting and sharing race memories maybe over a beer in the member party so that's such a great moment no matter how tired you are it's it's cool to be a part of
0: on behalf of the 60,000 runners, thanks to you, the Atlanta Track Club, for putting on this event every year and for doing such a great job with this race. And can't wait to see how the weather shapes up on July
3: 4th, too, for all of us. Yeah, it'll probably be warm. Probably. There's a guess. (laughs) I'm not a meteorologist, but that's my guess. But uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, and it's always a question. But um, I think no matter what the weather is, one of the things we learn is that people have fun regardless. Have a
0: fun and safe race on the 4th. We look forward to seeing everyone at the finish line.
3: You've been listening
2: to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club.
5: A DYJ Media
0: Production.